Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in locked down New York as we wait for the pandemic to roll through. And they think next week and then the week after. Um, I'm here happily and safe at the bright red desk with Max and Remo. And I'm here to talk to you about the weekly weather of the week ahead from March 29th, 2020. Um, this one's going to be, I mean, I know <laughs> I know. When we look at the last few weeks and we go, wow, uh, you know, you're kind of like, really? Like, that's what's going on? I mean, how could that, like, everything have just been upended completely? Well, this week it really gets a little more upended. So we want to kind of honor that it's going to be a little wild and crazy out there. We have three planetary conjunctions this week of big planets. And so when that happens, uh, it's intense in the sky, and they're kind of rolling together. Uh, And so we're going to really see a lot of eruptions emotionally, and I do want to remind everybody about the five stages of loss, pioneered by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross when she studied death and people dying. There are five stages. There's there's denial. I think we're out of denial now. We're into uh, then there's there's bargaining. Okay, uh, bargaining, bargaining. Uh, there's anger, which is one. Depression, which is another, and then acceptance. And we can cycle through those. Zoomy, zoomy, zoomy. Right? Like you can have anger, and then you can be depressed, and then the next way you can be doing a little bargaining. Like just honor where you are in any given moment. There's a lot of energy in the heavens. We know as above, so below, as without, so within. Uh, As astrologers, we've been talking about these conjunctions for years. Um, And this is it. We're in it. You know, we're sitting on the cliff of history, and we're watching the world change. And so it's a very unstable world this next week. So when the world is unstable, kind of imagine there's like a little earthquake going on and that you're in this you're in this earthquake space. You know, the world is rumbling beneath our feet. And that's going to come from Jupiter and Pluto meeting up this week. They're going to meet up. They have the last time they met up was in December of 2007. And of course that was when uh Bernie Madoff ran off with the money, made off with the money. So we should probably hear about Bernie this week. But that also was um a financial issue, you know, a financial collapse uh which we banked up by, you know, giving the banks and stuff a lot of money because they were quote unquote too big to fail. Um the idea here now is, okay, so we're working with this, still too big to fail, but this is the adjustment. So a lot of times when we're working with a, a big Pluto transit, and this is Jupiter and Pluto, um, there's a transformation. So when we went last fall into, Pluto went into the Virgo decant, which is the last 10 degrees, he started saying, okay, so now we have to really pay attention to the people. We have to pay attention to the people. Virgo, the service people. Virgo, the nurses, the doctors, the healthcare. They're about to go through a big Pluto transit. When Pluto was in Sagittarius, which is the firemen, we had uh, 9-11, right? So they went through a big transformation because we had a big fire and uh, here in New York. So now we're having a big pandemic. Uh, and it rolls across the country. You know, we're all going to get it in the sense of coming to our towns. And we're all home, uh, hopefully, uh, and working on our inner journey. Saturn asks us, when he's in Capricorn, he asks us to be internal. 
in addition to him being in Capricorn, I mean, he just shifted briefly into Aquarius till June. But he he asks us to be internal and to un- concentrate on our inner work. And he is uh, meeting up. We also have Pluto in Capricorn and Jupiter in Capricorn, both of which are internal. <laughs> so we're in this very internal journey, but it also is condensing. Capricorn's a condensing sign. It's a crystalline sign. It invites us to go within. It's the bones, it's the rocks, it's the structures upon which we're based. Uh, and as Jupiter and Pluto meet up this week for the first time in 13 years, they're going to bring up the issues from 2008 they're going to help us see it and understand it. Uh, January of two, January of 2008, December 2007, and that was, of course, when uh, we had that big adjustment. But we said, "Hey, hey, no worries." But now we're at the part where we actually get to fix it. Um, and this conjunction happens this week. That's one. And and we remember we feel it build as it gets closer. So you're going to really feel it build, and it actually happens on August 4th. Right, and it's going to happen at 24 degrees of Capricorn, right next to the degree of the Saturn Pluto when Harry and Meghan quit in January, and we all begin the new 36-year cycle. Then there's a smaller one, but it's probably more important for this particular time because it's it's the more emotional one. Mercury, of course, is in Pisces, which is a sign he doesn't really like because he wants to be able to, you know, talk and communicate. When he's in Pisces, he's in the sign of water, emotions, and feeling. He is also approaching a conjunction with Neptune, which is going to take place on April 3rd, all right? And as he comes winging into this, he's going to make everybody much more emotional, so I know we talked about last week, I said this weekend was going to be emotional uh, because Mer- the moon's going to be in Gemini and he's going to be answering to that Mercury in Pisces. So it's emotional Sunday and Monday. But as Mercury rolls into Neptune, we're going to be even more emotional, more feeling. Now, interestingly, right, you know, I always kind of pay attention to what comes to mind. Uh, there was a DJ out there who's, who's home in his kitchen and he's playing DJ dance music and he's got a couple hundred thousand people showing up in his virtual room to dance. So you all want to kind of work with that. You want to work with positive forms of Neptune, play your piano, meditate, go for a walk in the rain, socially distancing included, uh, feel the emotions, feel the feelings, play music, sing, dance, find things that are inspirational, uh, listen to music that you find really emotionally soothing, watch out for lower form Neptune, watch out for fear Neptune, because Neptune can really go into paranoia really quickly. Um, And, you know, we're seeing it in the world, and we have to kind of honor and, of course, Neptune is fluid and Mercury is lungs, right? So we're going to hear a lot more about fluid in the lungs as he goes to join Neptune, right? And so it's big. It's kind of watching this. Now, the other thing that happens this week is Venus, who has been in very solid little grounded Taurus, she's going to shift and go into um, uh, go into air. She's going to go into Gemini. And when she does that, um, uh, which is going to happen on April 3rd, she's in Gemini, so she's going to be answering to Mercury too, right, in Pisces. 
because Mercury's in Pisces until the 12th. Um, so we have to kind of know that we're going to have a kick up, you know, because now Venus is going to start getting worried, right? Because she's in, she's now going to be floating and drifty dreamy, but she's also very appreciative when she's in Gemini. She's chatty, she's chirpy, she likes to talk, but she's now going to be in an air sign, uh, and with her in Pisces, her answering to Mercury in Pisces, we're going to feel it as a little bit bigger. Right, even bigger than than I'm already saying it's going to be. Um, so those are the those are the big the big guys coming this week, and then of course, last but not least, uh, Mars. Mars right now is in Capricorn. Uh, he just is going to migrate into Aquarius on Monday, and when he goes into Aquarius on March 30th, we can expect him to have. A shift because he's been in Earth, 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 triggering all these Capricorn planets. When he goes into Aquarius, we're really going to be working with him intellectually and emotionally. But the other thing that's really important to remember is he's come. You know, he joined Jupiter, he joined Pluto, he joined Pallas Athena. This week on uh, uh, he joins Saturn, and he joins Saturn on March 31st. So he's going to kick into Saturn, which means we're people, you know, that's ostensibly people being thinking they're going to get out of their houses as of March 31st because we have this lockdown through then, right? But we're really going to be told you have to stay home uh, because we're not done yet. Mars going into Aquarius is we're going to change the focus of how the world works. We're going to change how it's structured, how we take action with Aquarius. But we're also Mars-Saturn can continue in Aquarius, say continue to you know socially distance, no groups, no behaviors. And we may see that there's more um, in news and information because Mars in Aquarius is going to let us know about more groups that are affected. So one of the things I posted on Facebook, which was really interesting out of the Orlando paper, uh, is this group that tracked the cell phone usage in Fort Lauderdale Beach during spring break, and then they tracked the cell phones. They did a spider thing where they tracked where the cell phones went after they partied on the beach, and they headed off to all these different parts of the country. They also had a map of New York. Uh, when we started our whatever, and and they migrated where all the cell phones went across the United States. It's really fascinating, so I encourage you to check it out. I'm a public Facebook page, so you don't have to be my friend to read it. But it's the idea of how things travel and how how we how we are really all interconnected. Um, so if you Google the Orlando paper or you look on Facebook, you should be able to see cell phones on the beach. It should be out, it's out there on YouTube. Um, but it also talks about that migratory energy. So as Mars comes to Aquarius, we can expect to hear of Aquarius's airplanes. We can expect to hear of them, you know, kind of grounding airplanes, which they've pretty well done anyway. But we just heard Russia shut down, um, and their cases are spiking. So. It's understanding Mars and Aquarius. It starts a new two-year story, and as he hits uh, Aquarius, we go forward. Now, the other thing I would encourage you all to do, um, there's an interesting book that I read a long time ago, and I got it back off my shelf, by a man named Viktor Frankl, V-I-K-T-O-R, Frankl, F-R-A-N-K-L, called Man's Search for Meaning. And he was a psychiatrist in the Nazi, Nazi concentration camps, and I'm not saying this is in any way, shape, or form comparing it to that. But back then, he studied 
uh, he studied people in the camps with him. And his mission was to get out of the camps and tell people what was going on. And that was his vision. And he looked at all the different ways other people coped with being trapped in their in their place, you know, being held captive, so to speak, um, and the different coping mechanisms. And one of the dangerous ones was having an expectation that I'm going to be able to do this by such and such a day. Because when that day came and went and the person was not released from prison, they got very depressed. Right, and, and and then subsequently died like right after that. Now I'm not saying you're going to die either, but I want you to watch for pinning your expectations onto an event or a date or a moment that that's when you're going to get out of here. All right, that's when it's going to change, or you're going to go to church on Easter Sunday or whatever that is, because those energies are very counterproductive to your psyche. And it's a great book. I got it back down again to reread. It's sitting on my bed bedside table, although lately I've been going to bed and falling asleep. And I you know, but the point of it was don't fixate on a particular outcome. You have to unhook from that. You have to unhook and kind of say, My bigger vision is to get through this and it's, you know, set the date out way far away. Um don't say I'm going to, you know, like if you put these little dates in, it's very long. And it's similar to like I'm on Weight Watchers, right? Everybody knows that. And I've been doing very well, I might say, might add. Um, <laughs> as one of my doctors said, you have to think of there's like a, a stick of butter in every meal you eat outside at a restaurant. I think she's right. <laughs> um, because when I cook, I don't really cook with butter and I've lost some weight. So it's, it's good. But at any rate, uh, you know, the idea of it is as we fixate out on something, when you're losing weight, they don't say, oh, gee, think about the 150 pounds you have to lose. They say, think about the five pounds. So do inner, you know, little minor visions, but do not put your expectations on, on this date, I will be free. On this date, it will be over. We are in very turbulent times. These transits do not really end until December, you know, December 20th. And I admit in that case, I'm fixating on a date. Um, but we do know that they're, they're worldwide, they're global. They have another, we have another big eclipse that happens in June. Uh, triggering these on the world point, same point that was the 1918 epidemic, interestingly, um, the world points. And uh, our job with this is to really honor that we are in a state of turmoil and change. Go back to your butterfly analogy. We're all in our little cocoons. We're, you know, we're going to disintegrate. <laughs> we're going to turn into little pulpy stuff. And then we're going to metamorphosize and we're going to, emerge a butterfly but right now we're in our cocoons and so if that analogy helps you great if not i encourage you to read victor frankel's uh book and um kind of look at it the other one i found particularly helpful in times like this is rabbi kushner's when bad things happen to good people and it's very helpful for the why would this happen you know it's it, it it gives a different framework. It you might not like that one, but I definitely recommend the Viktor Frankl book, because part of it is us understanding we're in this for the long haul. Those of you who have come to me for astrology readings, and you know a lot of times I pull people in when they're having Pluto transits. Um, you know these Pluto transits take a while. 
And at the end, you emerge, you say, I never want to go through that again, but you have a whole different perspective on life. And that's what this is doing for us. We're going to have a whole different perspective when we emerge, and we will emerge, um, and we're going to be okay, but we also have to go through this. And so your best bet is to really watch if you hook into stuff. And this week with that Mercury-Neptune and Venus going into Neptune and they're all in Pisces, this week's going to be friggin' paranoid. So it's better for you to not, you know, minimal doses of your news, minimal don't turn it on full time, you know, check in in the morning, you know, when you get up or, you know, when you're like you come in, you know, when you went out and went out for a walk and you or you went you you check in then you go out for a walk, you know, whatever, do supportive stuff for in you know, how you're intaking the paranoia, right? Or how you're intaking everybody else's collective emotions. Very emotional week ahead. Very emotional week ahead. And so being really kind So we have the emotional week with the Mercury-Neptune, with Venus shifting into Gemini, so she's going to catch it too. And then we also have the Mars-Saturn conjunction, which is we think we're getting out of jail and we're going to get told, no, you're not. (laughs) And then, because we're not, but we are going to, you know, we are going to progress to a new stage. How about that? That's better. And then we also have the the Jupiter-Pluto aspect. Jupiter is lots of, Pluto is transformation and death. That happens on April 4th. Okay, so just kind of watch for these energies, but it also can be positive because it's initiating a new uh, a new 12-year cycle, 13-year cycle, similar to 82-83, or I'm sorry, similar to November of two, November, December of 2007 and January of 2008. So hang in there. We're going to be okay. But it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. And I'm going to say to you, you know, Sunday, Monday, particularly, Monday the moon is void all day. So folks are really going to be feeling um, kind of the energy uh, pretty intensely. And that's okay. You know, when we have this really, you know, on the, on that void moon, we really do feel it. And Mars goes into Aquarius around 3.43 p.m. on Monday the 30th. But that moon in Gemini uh, the last aspect is, of course, the square to Neptune, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's void all day. So Monday's going to be a little wild, you know, because a lot of people are kind of thinking, oh, that'll be... And it does feel a little bit like the day is blur, but we're all kind of forward. Um, then the moon goes... So the moon is void on Monday. It goes void at 10:11 in the morning. Uh, and then it goes into uh, Cancer bright and early on the 31st. That has a nice aspect, the 31st, the, uh, the 1st, and the 2nd of April have Moon and Cancer. And Moon and Cancer, fortunately, has a nice closing aspect of a sextile to Venus in Taurus. It's right before Venus shifts out of um right before she shifts out of Taurus into Gemini, right? So she shifts into Gemini on Friday. But so the the, the Tuesday, um, you know, as of uh, 7.43 in the morning, all day Wednesday, you know, it's kind of emotional but sensitive, but it's also feeling. It's also April Fool's Day. <laughs> so someone will say, you're free. The pandemic's gone magically. And we'll all go, oh, great. And then they'll go, April Fool's. So if you hear that on April Fool's Day, don't believe it. Um, and we also have the uh, the moon going void on Thursday in Cancer at 1249 
p.m. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are good days to go forward emotionally and create things and to get stuff done and out in the world. And then the moon is void uh, Thursday afternoon, and it goes into Leo at 2.26 p.m., and it's in Leo on Thursday afternoon on Friday. Now, the moon's going pretty quick, right? So it's uh, uh, quick and speedy. goes void at 3.29 on Friday afternoon, and it goes void on Friday afternoon, moon in Leo, trining the sun in Aries. So that's kind of creative and fun. So that's a nice moon. You know, we're going to feel creative and fun. And then it's void Friday afternoon at 3.29 p.m. These are all East Coast times, uh, just for your time zone. And then it's uh, void all day Friday, and it's void all day Saturday. Uh, It goes into Virgo at 5.18 p.m. Saturday night, the 4th. And then it's in Virgo Saturday night, all day Sunday, Palm Sunday, and it goes void at 929 in the morning on uh, Monday morning the 6th, and it goes void with a trine to Jupiter. So aside from the Monday day, which is kind of stressed, the moons are nice. They're in Cancer, which is nurturing. They're in Leo, which is creative. They're in Virgo, which is service-oriented or organizing or getting stuff done. So there's a lot of fun energy in those moons, and the moon goes void on the 6th at uh, 9.29 in the morning, and then it goes into Libra at 5.16 p.m., so it's going to be void on Monday. So the days that are a little bit uh, stressed this week are on Saturday, because the moon is going to be in Leo, Uh, and it's going to be forming some hard aspects to Saturn and Pluto during the day on Saturday because Moon and Leo is in conjunct to Jupiter. It's in conjunct to Mercury. It's in conjunct to Neptune. It's like, you know, it's just in conjunct, which is adjusting. It's going to be adjusting a bunch of stuff, and it's a little stressful, but that's okay. Then the other thing that we're having is those big conjunctions I talked about, you know, the Jupiter... Uh, Pluto, which happens once every 13 years, and it is the first of three. We're going to have one now, we're going to have one in June, and then we'll have one again on November 13th. So now that we know what this thing is, that it's the coronavirus, I can really comfortably say they're going to stay locked up in your house. We're going to let you out in June. I'm not going to promise it, but that's, that's probably when this abates a bit and they'll let us out. Then it comes back, August, September, October, November, when Mars comes to square these planets, which is the fall, you know, but that's that's down in the fall. So we'll just kind of, we'll be working on it. Now our other journey here is um, to kind of work with these energies with the Mars-Saturn starting a new two-year cycle, which happens. So let's talk about the planets. So this week, the planets are going, they're in Aries, the sun's in Aries, it's going from 11 to 15, 16, uh, and it does have an aspect to Neptune that's going to be on April 2nd, um, and it has uh, a lot of emotional stuff. feels a little wounded on the first because it aspects Chiron, but it aspects Neptune, which is a little bit of, you know, I need to do a jailbreak. Uh, I need to get out. It also has a hard aspect to Mercury on the 4th. Um, so the sun is really in a pretty good position. You know, Aries' sun is considered exalted, which is a nice placement. And he is looking at the Neptune and going, okay, I have to figure out what I want to do with this. Mercury this week is running from 14 Pisces to 23. As I mentioned, he has that conjunction with Neptune on the 3rd, which gives him a real 
understanding. Uh, that's when this emotional stuff kind of kicks. But until he's out of Pisces, which is not until next week, the the 11th, we are still working with Mercury in a very uh, emotional space and also a very um, uh, unclear space, right? So once he gets into Aries, we'll be clearer, but that's next week and we'll talk about that then. But he's also going to be answering to that Mars and Aquarius, which is pretty rebellious. You know, well, again, that's next week. So this week, we're going to just work with Mercury in very emotional signs. He does have an aspect to um, Saturn, which is hard news on the 1st of April because it's a semi-square. And he aspects, also aspects Mars then. And uh, so Mercury aspecting Saturn and Mars, we can expect uh, news or about our behavior or our actions that we have to figure out a new way. Mercury hits Neptune on the 3rd. Um, he also has a semi-square to uh, 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 Uranus and Taurus on the 4th. And then at the end of the week, he's aspecting Neptune by declination on the 6th. And he's aspecting Chiron on the 6th. So we see, you know, we see the energy kind of getting emotional, getting swirly, getting bigger. You know, Mercury and Pisces is the ocean, lots of, right? So lots of, lots of news that's emotional. Um, Venus this week is in Taurus, and she's in Taurus until she goes into Gemini on April 3rd. Um, And in Taurus, she does have a hard aspect with the nodes of fate on April 1st, so that's like a breakup energy or a separating energy or people being a little upset about stuff. Um, So just kind of know there's a desire for her by declination to figure it out. She'll figure out what she wants to do on April 6th. So you may find that relationships are ending or leaving or changing. You know, that's part of the deal with this. She goes into Gemini, as I mentioned, on the 3rd. And she then promptly has a trine to Saturn and Aquarius on the 4th. So that's going to be like some new project or some new idea that you have. Like, okay, I should work on this. This is something I can do. And I know in my case, I was kind of like, all right, you know, you have to structure your days a little more, Anne, because my days are structured uh, by, you know, my readings, by my appointments, by my assistants coming and going, which is not happening (laughs) because they're locked down too. One is in Missouri, locked down in her parents' basement because she did successfully. Kara successfully got off the cruise. So she's she managed to get into the country before we closed the borders. And Rose, as I mentioned on my Facebook, Rose is home with her boyfriend who has the coronavirus. And he has been very ill the last couple of weeks. And apparently, according to my conversation with her this morning, he's kind of turned a corner and the flu, the fever has broken. So... Um, She didn't publicize it. When she posted it on Facebook, I shared it. Um, But, yeah, we've been kind of going through that. (laughs) We've been going through that here in the office, uh, so to speak. I mean, she's been going through it because she's been taking care of them. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it's close to home in my land. Um, And then when Venus goes, uh, she aspects, she has a quintile to Neptune on the 6th and the 7th. And she asked, I'm sorry, she has a quintile to Neptune on the 5th, and then she aspects the nodes of fate on the 6th, where she gets kind of a, a new adjustment in how she wants to go. Mars is really busy this week. He goes into Aquarius on the 30th. He meets up with Saturn on the 31st. That is a very frustrating aspect for Mars. He does not like running into Saturn. Mars, Mars is on Saturn. He's in Aquarius. He's a little more... 
a little more destructive, frankly. He's exalted in Aquarius. I mean, he's exalted in uh, Capricorn. But when he gets into Aquarius, he gets a little more like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And then, of course, he's going to promptly approach a square to Uranus over the next few days when he's in Aquarius. That hap- again, that happens next week. But we'll feel the buildup of frustration. So just kind of know that's when it eases a little. But everybody that thinks they're getting out, go read that Victor Frankl book. We're not getting out. Have a longer vision. He had a vision. I'm getting out of here. and I'm going to tell people what went on. In the meantime, I'm going to study all my fellow captives and see what they're doing and how they're handling it. And so, you know, that was his vision as I'm getting out of here. But he didn't pin a date to it. Right, he didn't pin a date to it. He had that. Um, well, however long it takes, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. So I encourage you to take his approach because that was helpful to mental health. That I don't know when it's gonna be over, but I know I'm getting out of here. Right, and when it's safe to go. Uh, Mars uh, is semi sextile Neptune on the sixth, so we can expect a stressful reaction on the sixth around emotional stuff. And then, as I mentioned before, Jupiter Pluto. Meeting up with Pluto, Jupiter, meeting up with Pluto, the first of three on April 4th at 24 cap, and he's going to kind of launch us into a new way of being and doing. Uh, and he starts, you know, part one, part two, part three. You guys who've been, you've had astrology transits, you know, there's the part one, then there's two, three. He doesn't finish this until November 13th when we have a new understanding of what this cycle is for all of us. Last time when he hit it, when he hit on December 7th, we went into this spiral and this drop, and then we bailed out the banks, and everybody lost their houses. And now the whole world's losing their houses. Or actually, they're not losing their houses. They're being told to stay home. And uh, in New York, we've banned evictions for 90 days. And, and Mayor Cuomo, or Governor Cuomo, was very cute. He goes, well, I don't know why you're going to evict them, because you can't rent to them anyway. <laughs> you know, like there's, you're not allowed to go out. So... I understand that this is this is the initiating shot across the bow on April 4th. And then Saturn up parallel series on April 2nd, which helps us figure out a successful nurturing technique for ourselves. We also have Pluto meeting up with Pallas Athena on March 31st. So we're going to be able to take a new a new strategic approach to this. Okay? Pluto and Pallas Athena meeting up kind of helps us figure out what we want to do. On April 4th, do expect a little bit of stir-crazy uh, because Uranus aspects Vesta and you'll just be like, I got to get out, I got to get out, I got to go. Come up with a strategic way to handle it. And then we also do see a little way of working with our anger or our frustration constructively on April 4th when Ceres sextiles uh, Eris, the goddess of discord. So your job, should you decide to accept it, is to share, um, to share, to share your wisdom of astrology with folks, to share your connection with people, to recognize if someone's coming at you with enormous paranoia, your job is to say, whoa, 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 ground in reality, where are you now, you're home, you're safe, you're alive, you're going to be okay, you know, this is a journey we're all on as a collective. When we get through it to the other side, we will be very different people. 
Um, and you might have liked the way your life was going up until now, and you're like, I'm really mad that my life's gone. You might have been really angry with something, and that's gone now, right? It's just gone in a poof. This is designed to make all of us much more aware of what's important to us and, more importantly, why. Right? And so if you sit in that space, it'll make it a lot better. But just do know this week is a little more paranoid and a little more depressed and a little more bumpy because there's just a lot of stuff going on up in the heavens, which if it describes what's going on down here, is a lot of stuff, <laughs> particularly that Jupiter-Pluto, lots of Pluto, okay? So lots of Pluto. And as we build to it, we're going to really feel it. When we get to the Mars on Saturn, that's the frustration. So that's lots of anger, feeling blocked or wanting to take action but being blocked. And then, of course, the Mercury-Neptune is a little bit of paranoia on a good day. It's dancing, it's singing, it's spiritual, it's praying, it's, you know, sitting in the bathtub for a couple hours, uh, sitting in the shower, you know. Those kinds of things all help. And I just wish you all um, a good journey this week. I went to a place called Bonaventure University in western New York, and Bonaventure means good journey. So have a good journey this week. Um, and it's a lot of love coming from my my land here. We're working on some stuff. Uh, you know, everybody's remote right now, so we're not working on it together, but we're working on it remotely. And hopefully next week I have an announcement for you. Um, and lots of love and big hugs. And, uh, you know, uh, support your support your fam. Check on the older folks in your neighborhood or the housebound. Um, you know, the way we get through this is by working together. And Anne Ortley signing off by the bright red desk. And the cats are both in the other room snoozing. So I'm going to go make myself some chicken curry. Uh, I bought this great chicken curry. I bought this great chicken cutlets, and now I'm going to make a curry salad. And I'm also making carrot, ginger, garlic, turmeric soup, which is good. I live alone because I'm going to have horrible breath, but it's all good antioxidants. So check out, take care of yourself, and have a great week. Anne Orly giving you a big hug, socially distanced appropriately. Bye-bye.